came into this world, I was lost, not found. Did not hold me in its arms like it holds me now. So I dreamt myself a bird who could cross the waves. And I woke up just a man who was miles away. Miles away. Miles away. Miles away. Miles away. So I went to Cape Canaveral and I went to the moon. And I stayed up there for a year or two. A famous picture of me above the blue parade. Man, a million miles high, still miles away. Miles away. Ah, gross. Miles away. Good morning. Happy Monday. They, uh, miles away. The only coffee flavor left. Miles away. Out of all the cold brew coffee we have is. One that's not very good. I just chugged it. Morning. Happy slow Monday morning. Josh Ritter. New song. How's everyone doing? Morning, Kyle and Periscope. How you doing? We got We got Rick Leto. Manuel Hernandez. Ben Ibish says, where's the Yankee trades at? Hopefully coming soon. We'll see. As soon as that happens, we got to stop everything we're doing. Bill Brunnen. Bill, morning. Todd Father. Travis. Not Mr. Moon. Over on YouTube. Josh, don't forget the intro. Kyle, Abe, Troy, Fox and Socks, Norm. How's everyone doing? We got Vinny here and Shane, Detroit, Dabber, Brian, BVD. Welcome. Happy Monday. Bill. Bill in Periscope. The New Orleans coffee. What is that? It kind of tastes like the whiskey coffee, but not as whiskey. It's crazy. This is the morning show. It's bite-sized bits of everything that I enjoy. Some music, some American towns, geography, their history, a random baseball player of the day, and, and that guy's story. And then at the end, we do some books, some poems. Mondays is usually always poems, so strap in. You guys get to choose the page number. Anyway, morning. I feel pretty good today. Want to know why? Because it's not hot out. It was like 65, so I put a sweatshirt on as I walked to the bus and everything. And then I got the uh, AC in the other studio, the Wake and Jake, the main studio. And we have a fan. And it doesn't always work out this perfect, but man, the fan that's blowing on me is picking up the AC just beautifully. I feel like I got a nice fall breeze going on in here. I thought I was going to have to take off my hoodie. No way. That's a good morning. That's the best. I hope you all have a nice breeze in whatever way that means for you. Metaphorically. If that means a nice breeze, I hope you have a nice breeze. But if it means no breeze at all, all right, whatever. I don't care. The random town of the day is Lucas, Iowa. And let me tell you this. I went down a weird rabbit hole. And I think on the outskirts, if you were to tell someone the rabbit hole, they'd be like, dude, that's really boring. And I'd agree with you. But I can't help, you know, I look at the sheet 
It tells me what town I'm talking about and the weather. It's 65 degrees and foggy in Lucas, Iowa. Uh, my brother, Luke, maybe he chose this because it's the same name, but he just does random state generator, and then he zooms in on a state and chooses a town. I can't help where the rabbit holes go, but this is what happened. I'm going to let you guys know how my research, research went. I went to the Wikipedia. There's nothing there. Boring, okay? So I went to the Google Maps. I found Lucas, Iowa, and I'll show you that, and it's pretty square, and it's tiny. It doesn't even have its own school district. It's that small. It's just a tiny little town in Iowa that started as a coal mining town, or it started as a town for something else. They found coal. It's right by the Stephen State Forest. I think it's west of uh, Des Moines. No, west of Sheridan. Tiny. So there's just not much here, right? Like, look at this. Remember how we've done towns before and I count how many roads are in the town? I mean, look at this one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fourteen across. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine. That didn't even count. Eight down. That's how many roads. 20-something roads in this town. Um, so, small-ass town. They don't even have their own school district, but they do have a Quilt With Us fabric store. And that's huge. Right next to the Postal Service. The fabric store is twice the size as the Postal Service. They got a train. That's how the, the town came to be. The train went right through. And then they found coal. And I mean, let me see if I wrote down anything else. No. The only thing I wrote down from the Wikipedia in the map was coal town. But then I Googled something, and Max Preps came up. So this starts the rabbit hole that I went down yesterday. It's not a live rabbit hole, but rabbit hole nonetheless. So I saw they had a Max Preps, and I was like, well, what's the high school? They don't have a high school in town. I actually started zooming around the Google Maps to find, like, any building that could be a school or baseball field or football field. There's nothing. Lucas is a tiny town. I, I, I liked zooming in on, on this situation over here. I was trying to figure out if this is one rich person that has three different houses, kind of like a uh, – who's the guy in Wisconsin, that, the making a murderer guy? Remember they had a whole compound of like houses or is this or is this four different houses that share kind of a driveway area on Maple Street? We'll never know. I think it's four houses. Maybe it's two houses and these are like barns and garages. Maybe it's one property and you know one family lives on that whole plot and they they all live there. Anyway. So then I just googled Lucas Iowa High School, and I found out that they all go to the Cheridan High School over here, town over. It's bigger. All these kids funnel into Cheridan High, okay? So then I just Googled Cheridan High School football, wanted to see what they're all about. Whoa, hold on. What's this circle in the middle of Cheridan? Just like the park? This courthouse? The courthouse? That's kind of badass. Tons of parking? 
They got paths every which way. No desire paths needed. They got you covered. Look at that tiny little car. Good for you, Sheridan. Anyway, so I looked up Sheridan football. They've played one game this year, and they got absolutely smoked. I think it was 35 to nothing to a high school named Interstate 35. And that was, I was like, whoa, what a terrible name for a high school. Interstate 35 Community School District, Interstate 35 High School. Now, their ta- their name is the Interstate 35 Roadrunners, and I, I like that a lot. Because if you're named after a road, Roadrunner makes a lot of sense. And then the boring person in me, it's like Interstate 35. I wonder if they just, it's like a town, like a bunch of towns off a highway. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like you could do whatever. So then I, I, I went to Interstate 35 High School and tried to see what they were all about. I was like, what does this school district serve? They got 700 kids, so it's a big school. Big enough. Not huge. I think that would be the smallest school I attended, but in the scheme of things, middle of Iowa. Then the opening line of this says that Interstate 35 school uh, serves three different counties. That didn't make sense to me. Every Tuesday I used to go to the Brewster, Brewster Education Board meeting, Board of Ed for Brewster, New York. So I know my fair share about the school system, okay? I would have to go there and film every other Tuesday. So boring. So boring. Uh, except when they cut they cut programs and then parents would come in and they'd just, like, complain, complain. Like, they cut ROTC because only seven kids were in it. And, like, those seven parents just, like, just, like, one stood up and said all these things. And then the next one stood up and said all the same things. And then the next one stood up. It was like the M&M's in 8 Mile. was like, listen up, meathead. You're saying the same shit he said. That's what I wanted to say. But I was just there to film, so I just shut up and filmed. Um, I probably read a book while I was filming. Because you didn't really have to pan or zoom that much. You just had to hit record, and then you sat down. So I would bring a book. Anyway, uh, Brewster, New York, what up? So then Interstate 35 School District serves three counties. And I was like, that's bizarre. Because I thought things usually go by county, you know? And then I Googled Iowa County map. And I was blown away, man. It's just straight square. <laughs> it's just, I guess this is pretty normal if you're from Iowa and you've seen this before. Maybe if you're from anywhere in the middle, middle of America. But if you're from... Anywhere on the East Coast, and you see this county map? Preposterous. It's the most organized thing I've ever seen. Does that make any sense to me? So that's the rabbit hole I went down. I got to this, I got to this map of the Iowa County map. I kind of couldn't believe it. It's like, that's ridiculously square. I mean, look at the section... From Crawford to Carroll to Green to Boone to Story to Marshall. What's that about? 
And then, and then I was looking at it even more. Look at this row down here. Mills, Montgomery, Adams, Union, Clark, Lucas, Monroe, Wapello, Jet. Like, look. What the fuck is that? That's too square. Um, if you're wondering, Interstate 35 serves Warren, Madison, and Clark counties, like this circle. And then here's Lucas County right there. But Lucas County, they, they have a whatever. And then I was looking at this county up here, Kosath, and who did they kill to get so much land? All the borderlands are a little bigger because they're county. What's up going on with Coast? I mean, it's too big. How did Kosith get all that land in Iowa? So this is the rabbit hole I haven't gone down, and I don't think we want to spend much time on it. But that's what I did this morning. That's how, do you think if I Google how, why, why is Coast County so big? Yeah, it auto-populates. Okay, that was easy. Other people have Googled this before. Holy shit. The top article says the odd case of Iowa's largest county. So this is a thing. We got articles written about it. Let's try and speed read this. I had a fascinating Twitter conversation with Steve from Connecticut Museum Quest recently. He he has a much more interesting Twitter feed than my mundane one. Seriously, I don't have much to say on Twitter. Get to the point. Get to the point. Um, uh, uh, Anyway, Steve wanted to know about the oddly sized Kossuth County on the northern edge of Iowa. It appears as if it got a double scoop of territory when the authorities doled out portions. That's exactly what happened, although the story was a little more complicated. Okay, strap in, everyone. Holy smokes, we're doing it. Few people lived in Iowa in the earliest part of the 19th century, although settlers began to arrive in greater numbers as the decades passed. Iowa gained sufficient critical mass to become a state in 1846. It didn't have a lot of counties yet, and that was starting to create a problem. The county structure looked like this when Iowa joined the Union. Okay. All right. So they're starting the square shit. We have Madison, Warren, and Clark, Interstate 35 high school counties there on the bottom. We got a lot of square stuff, but then there's a lot. A lot left in the in the uh, northwestern Iowa. Um, I've color coded Kosith and its surrounding counties to help explain the situation that was described in detail in the history of Kosith County. Whoa, whoa, we are going super into the nitty gritty, boring history of the county lines here. Um, the Iowa legislature addressed the governance gap by establishing 48 new counties all at once. The configuration then matched essentially the same structure that exists today. It was completely identical. However, a few tweaks happened over the next few years, including Kosith and its neighbors. Okay. Kosith County Judge Asa C. Call. Asa Call. Damn, what a name. Judge Asa Call. Asa Call. Became a... For anyone that's just listening, it's A-S-A-C-A-L-L. Um, he became a driving force during this formative period. Practically no one lived in Kosith when the Call brothers, Asa and Ambrose, arrived in 1854. Judge, um, okay, okay. 
Two brothers founded the town of Algona, and it became the county seat. They named it for... In the beginning, uh, with the creation of those new counties in 1851, Kosith was the same size as its neighbors to the west and east, Palo Alto and Hancock. However, Judge Cass was an ambitious man, a beloved figure and well-connected politically. He noticed Bancroft County immediately to its north and figured it would make a mighty fine addition to Kosith. Seeing how practically nobody lived there so it couldn't defend its own interests, he also pondered Humboldt County to its his immediate south. It would be helpful for Algona to sit near the center of the county if it were to be an effective seat of government. So Kosas had to pick up some southern territory too. Oh, man. Is that all? Okay. I think that, that was kind of boring. Um. Webster was well-organized politically and structurally due to the earlier establishment of Fort Dodge's military outpost. Kosas managed to grab all of Bancroft in the 1855 legislative session. However, it had split Humboldt with Webster. Bancroft and Humboldt counties caught in the squeeze disappeared. Okay, so no Bancroft, no Humboldt anymore. This was called the 1855 freak legislation. <laughs> the 1855 freak legislation. Right now, the 12 MC audience is saying, but wait, I see Humboldt County on the map. That's right. Judge Call learned about the schemers in Webster plotting to expand farther, and they hoped to grab a large chunk. He foiled the plot by colluding with former Humboldt officials. He managed to reestablish Humboldt so it could act as a buffer between Kosith and Webster. So what? So these two counties? Hold on. Where's the map we were looking at? So so what happened? So Webster down here. All right. Webster and Kosith were fighting for Humboldt. I don't know what just happened. I don't think it was interesting in the end. Some guys wanted more land. I was hoping I was hoping it was like the land dictated or they were fighting for a gold mine or they were fighting or a coal mine or, you know, they were just, I mean, they were just fighting for more empty land to be closer to the county and stuff like that. So, there you have it. That's Lucas, Iowa. And that's all I had to say about that. Random baseball player of the day is Dave Hilton. And... Katie, who makes all the thumbnails, said that when I pivot to the baseball player, I need to pause and give her a face to make a thumbnail on. So, okay. Dave Hilton is number one overall pick in the 1971 draft. But it's kind of tricky. Because it's not the not the I don't think he was there was two drafts back then. It's really weird. So the first the the first draft was the normal draft, and then there was a the there were two drafts: the regular June phase, which still is in existence, and then there was a January fast phase phase slash draft fast. There was a January draft in baseball. The January draft allowed teams to draft players from the previous calendar year 
who hadn't signed. So like the extras. So if you get, you drafted someone, but he decided not to sign with you, so he was still available. So they didn't want to wait a full year to draft him again. So they had a six-month after draft or whatever. As And they could also draft players who weren't otherwise eligible the previous June. So... So the, you couldn't get drafted if you were un, if you went to a four-year college, you could not get drafted until you were 21 years old. Um, if you went to a four-year university, you were not eligible to be drafted until you were 21 or completed your sophomore season. But our dude Dave Hilton, he was pretty dedicated to playing baseball. So first, his dad moved them out of their small town, quit his job to Houston so they could get more looks. Uh, then he went, he was going to um, some university, some that you guys would all know. Or was it? Rice University. He was going to Rice University to play baseball. After his freshman year, he played on a summer pro team, and he played with, like Ron Guidry, Phil Garner, Steve Rogers, and they won the championship. So he was like, screw going back to college. I want to get drafted and play pro ball right away. Problem was, he'd only done one year. He hadn't finished his sophomore year at his four-year school, and he was only 20 years old, not 21. So he couldn't get drafted in the June draft. So he did kind of like what Bryce Harper did, but Bryce Harper did it for other reasons. He went to JUCO. Uh, dropped out of Rice, went to junior college, and then he was the number one overall pick. How about that? Number one overall pick for the San Diego Padres out of Southwest Texas Junior College from Houston, Texas. He didn't play much, so it's kind of crazy. The other rabbit hole I went down, this dude was number one pick. I mean, he played in Japan a lot. He, he, he was a baseball lifer. He bragged that he never had to take a job in the offseason because he would just go to Mexico or Venezuela or wherever and play baseball. So he, he went to Japan. He was really big in Japan. Um, he made spring training like every year. In 72, in 73, 74, and then with the Cubs, I think. He made he always broke camp uh, as the starting infielder, either third base or second base, with the Padres, and then got sent down later on because he couldn't hit and he was just fielding. I mean, his batting stance was wild. Dave Hilton batting it's it's very much a stance of the of the seventies era where you just are com- completely. Hunched over. Let me see if I can find it. Dave Hilton baseball. Um, open image in new tab. Skidamadink, dink, dink. It's kind of like like that. Well, didn't you can't see? There's a lot of players that had that stance back then. Just super bent over. Um. All right. So what else did I learn about this dude? Oh, every time he got sent to AAA, he got sent to AAA Hawaii, which was there a whole, like, league in Hawaii? Of 
I want to hold on. I want to find. Here's his baseball reference. That's what I was blown. I was kind of like, wait, they went to Hawaii. That makes sense. How, who did they play against? So if we go to his minor league and Japanese scouts, Hawaii. Okay. So who who did the 1974 Hawaii Islanders play against? Hawaii Islanders, okay. This confused me, and I didn't look into it. The Hawaii Islanders were a minor league baseball team based in Honolulu, Hawaii, that played in the AAA Pacific Coast League for 27 seasons. Wow, so if you are older than me, because they ended in 1987, you probably know about this, or if you're just a baseball, minor league baseball historian. But, I mean, I wasn't born. They stopped doing this before I was born, so I didn't had no idea about this. Uh, originally an affiliate of the Athletics, they were then they went to the Angels, the Senators, the White Sox, the Angels, the Padres, the Pirates, the White Sox. So they were around forever, man. Twenty-seven seasons. Uh, after being one of the most successful minor league teams, the Islanders faltered and ultimately moved to the mainland as the Colorado Springs Sky Sox in '88. But how did they? Due to the Islanders being a distant 2,500 miles from their nearest opponent, they utilized a unique schedule. Initially, PCL teams made a four- and seven-game visit to the Islands, with the Islanders doing the same. Later, as the league expanded, the Islanders played an eight-game series against each team in order to cut down on travel costs. Whoa! Talk about a fun fucking time to be in AAA. You just go to Hawaii for an eight-day trip? Play some baseball, taking the sights of Honolulu? I mean, that beats going to bumfuck Kentucky or somewhere in the Ozarks playing on a shitty field or Connecticut, New Britain. Got to go to Honolulu to play? I mean, the crowds had to be pretty big. Is there a documentary on the... Hawaii Islanders baseball, or there's got to be some videos or documentaries or something like that. Okay, here's the shirts. Do you know Hawaii had a minor league team for 27 years? Triple A. PCL? Yeah, teams would fly out there for eight games. So if you were like a young kid in Triple A, you got to go to Hawaii for more than a week to play eight games of baseball. Baseball reference hasn't uploaded like yesterday's stuff yet. I know. That sucks. Sucks really bad for us. I'll check after. I love Joey Gallo's stats. Fucking. Damn it. All right. Um, I need a documentary on the Hawaii Islanders and what their crowd like. Their crowds had to be insane if they were the most, if they were the best minor league team. Notable alumni. Let's see, we got Hank Allen, Bo Belinsky. We've talked about him on here. Barry Bonds got to play there. Dick Bossman, Cleet Boyer, Tony Gwynn. I guess that's obvious. Fred and Bobby Valentine. Chuck Tanner, what a name. Al Michaels, announcer. We just announced there. Um. All right. 
I'm pretty interested in this team's history. I don't know if there's a documentary or anything on there, but that's a good rabbit hole. What a good, I mean, I was going to say what a good day for rabbit holes, but I really don't think the Hawaii counties was a good rabbit hole. I mean, I enjoyed it. If 0.0% of people said I didn't enjoy it, I'd say, oh, I get it. Oh, I totally get it. But that's uh, Dave Hilton. I mean, I think I had a, a lot more. Like, he oh, he went to Japan, and he apparently inspired novelist Haruki Murakami, which will lead us into books. The story makes no fucking sense. He went to Japan. He was the leadoff hitter in the first game of the series for the Swallows. He hit a double, and apparently Haruki uh, Murakami, who, who wrote a bunch of books, wrote Norwegian Wood, a bunch of books, it says that, he was sitting in the stands, and he saw that leadoff double by our dude Dave Hilton, and he said to himself, I've got to write a novel. And, I mean, cool story. It doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. It make a lick. It's not like he wrote a novel about a baseball player playing in Japan or anything. He just said seeing that double gave him the confidence to write a novel. Don't make a lick of sense. I don't get it. Um, it's like all if you search Dave Hilton, it's like the most romanticized thing about him. Whatever. Um, then he was a coach. He played forever, and then he coached for the next 20 years, um, managing infield instructor, roving hitting uh, coach, Braves, Giants, Phillies, athletics. Uh, he went to Taiwan. He went to all these places. He's a baseball lifer. Dude just loved baseball. Uh, so that's Dave Hilton. And that's all I have to say about that. Book of the day. I'm doing Billy Collins again. Did Billy Collins last time. Um. So there. So, someone shout out a page. It was the most desired minor league placement. There's a whole book about it. Okay, thank you, BVD. Also, our caving expert. I need to uh, need to find that book. I guess. Troy was the first page number suggestion with. Nope, Jared Ginger Snapped Dens uh, was the first with five. Let's see if five is long. Five is called Velocity, but it's two pages, so I'm going to check. I mean, I can always just read a section of it. I'm going to check 15 out. 15 is called Paris. It's three pages. Okay, 55 is the next one. Otherwise, we'll just do five, and I'll skim it. Billy Collins. This is Billy Collins' book, Aimless Love. Oh, 55 is called The Long Day, and it's got uh, the word banana in the first line, so we're doing it. Because I like bananas. So, boom. The Long Day. Ready? In the morning, I ate a banana like a young ape and worked on a poem called Nocturne. In the afternoon, I opened the mail with a short kitchen knife. And when dusk began to fall, I took off my clothes, put on Sweetheart of the Rodeo, and soaked in a claw-footed bathtub. I think what he's doing there is he's taking all of his non-alpha manly traits, like just eating a banana, and he compares it to being a young ape. Um, I opened the mail with a kitchen knife. And then I took a, a bath and put on Sweetheart of the Rodeo. So it's like, you know, all these manly sentiments while he's just doing routine, non-manly things. I closed my eyes and thought about the alphabet. 
the letters filling out the halls of kindergarten to become the letters filling out the halls of kindergarten to become literature and the british if the british call z z i wondered why not call b bed and d dead wow good thought there billy and why does z which looks like the fastest letter come at the very end unless they are all moving east z looks like the fastest letter when are we facing north in our chairs unless they're all moving east when we were facing north in our chairs it was then that i heard a clap of thunder and the dogs bark and the claw-footed bathtub took one step forward or was it backward i had to ask as i turned to reach for a faraway towel well dude taking a bath thinking about the alphabet i guess just lost in thoughts it's called the long day I think that's a joke because it seems like his day was rather easy. Why do they call it Zed, not bed or dead? Why does the Z, which looks like the fastest letter, come at the end? I'm looking at the, the letter Z right now, and I don't attribute speed to its look. I think S looks faster. That was a weird one. If there's a hidden meaning in there, if that spoke to you, let me know. Didn't really get me. But appreciate it nonetheless. All right, I think that's the end of the show. What, what the hell did we do today? Um, where else do people stream this with the ability to comment? I am on Facebook. It, it gets streamed on Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube. All three. All three. Unless the internet says not. Oh, my God. There's a... Hold on. There's a big comment on Facebook that I think is about Lucas. Um, uh, okay. Hold on. Can you talk about the Indians trade? I mean, yeah, we will. Not on this platform. This is my escape from regular baseball talk. Um, this is everything else. <laughs> a boring ending. That's Iowa. It seemed promising, Jimmy. It did. did. Really did seem promising. Someone said, Lucas County is named for Robert Lucas, former governor of Ohio. And some say he was responsible for the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. Okay, that's a good rabbit hole for... Oh, I was, it's not Kasuth, it's Kaz, Kazuth County. Kazuth County? <laughs> that sounds like it's from the south. I was saying Kasuth, it's Kazuth. Kazuth? Kazuth County. That, like, forces you to have an accent. Kazuth County. All right. Go listen to Wake and Jake. Wake yourself up. Talking baseball coming up. Talking Giants. Pinstripe Strong coming out and talking Yanks was recorded last night. Kind of a happier episode because the Yankees won, but also kind of a curious episode because what does it actually mean? Because they they won in weird ways and and beat a, a Mets team. The Mets lost games more than the Yankees won. But anyway, thanks for hanging out with me for a bit. Appreciate it. Always a fun, weird time. Go do some studying for talking baseball. Go check out Wake and Jake. 
This is Josh Ritter. I'll see you tomorrow. So I dreamt myself Bye, guys. Across the ways. And I woke up just a man who was miles away. Miles away. Miles away. Miles away. Miles away.